0: Please check out my podcasting course at howtopodcastbetterthananyone.teachable.com forward slash courses and get a discount by typing in ULOCT302023. Kenneth Ray Weaver was a 37 year old from Fort Smith, Arkansas. He had two siblings and loved the water. On approximately December 25th, 2000, yes, Christmas, Kenny was allegedly dropped off at a friend's place, although that friend claims Kenny was never there. He was never seen again. I'm Ed Densel, and this is Unfound. Many of you right now are looking at the title of this episode and thinking, Okay, Ed has finally lost it. Well, you could not be further from the truth. In fact, the title of this episode represents one of the most serious problems we have with disappearances. What is that problem? Investigative Responsibility. The perception that police departments do everything in their power to avoid committing resources to disappearance cases. To the point they will happily, energetically, joyously try to pass the paperwork off to any other jurisdictions if they can. I don't want it. You take it. Some of Unfound's disappearances where this occurred, Eric Alvarado. Peggy and Patty McDaniel, Julianne Gillet, and there are many, many, many others. With this most often happening when the missing person lived in one jurisdiction, but circumstantially, if not factually, disappeared from another. Well, with Kenny Weaver, there were actually three different areas and two states, that could have been responsible, but none of them wanted the case. Why are police departments so eager to play hot potato? And now a summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend Megan Lynez's website, charlieproject.org. Kenny Weaver was the youngest of three. He loved anything having to do with the water, fishing, Boating. Swimming. Unfortunately, Kenny's life changed quite a bit when his father died of a heart attack when Kenny was 12. This started a downward spiral for him in which Kenny started doing drugs, and this was something that continued with him until his disappearance. Despite this, though, Kenny kept in touch with family. He was constantly employed, and remained friends with guys from his childhood. In fact, at the time of his disappearance, Kenny was due to be moving in with one of those friends to an apartment. So, and accounts differ on the actual date, on December twenty-fifth, 2000, that roommate Roger claimed he drove Kenny, who did not have a car, to another friend's place in Pocolo, Oklahoma. His name was Bruce. This is the last time Roger says he saw Kenny. Yet, Bruce claims he never saw Kenny around the time of the disappearance, no matter if the date was Christmas or not. To further complicate things, 13 years later, another friend, Wesley, came forward to say he saw Kenny on Bruce's front porch and gave Kenny a ride to another complex. Whatever the date or circumstances, Kenny was never seen again. Curiously, none of these three guys, Wesley, Bruce, or Roger, ever became concerned when Kenny was not seen after December 2000. Stories that lead nowhere is a common occurrence on Unfound. However, trying to decipher them is even more complicated when law enforcement takes no interest in these kinds of disappearances from day one or passes the buck to another jurisdiction. Contemplate why police aren't eager to get involved in these cases while you also try to answer these three questions during the interview. Number one, how probable is it that all three friends of Kenny are are responsible for his disappearance? Number two, could there actually be innocent reasons why the three never became concerned that they never saw Kenny after Christmas of 2000? And number three, could the resolution to Kenny's disappearance be at the apartment complex where Wesley allegedly dropped him off? Kenny's family absolutely believes more than one person knows what happened to him. The guest for this episode is Kenny's sister, Becky Carroll. Unfound news. The newest episode of Unfound now is out. I go over the September 2023 disappearance of Rhino Long, who somehow went missing on a path that was only 300 feet in length. Please check it out on the YouTube channel. Next, for the Patreon and YouTube supporters, the newest episode of Found is out. I go from disappearance to discovery of what we might call the most well-known identity theft woman in the United States in the 21st century, Lori Ruff. In fact, she even has her own Wikipedia page now. Please sign up at Patreon or YouTube to partake in the coverage. Finally, another unfound disappearance has been resolved. Sadly, Dennis J. Lushball's remains were found by a hunter not far from where Dennis' vehicle had been parked in 2017 in Kansas. Foul play is not suspected. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound, the sister of Kenneth Weaver, Becky Glenn. Becky, welcome to Unfound.
1: Hi, Ed. How you doing?
0: Uh, I'm doing good. And I'm so uh, excited to have Becky on uh, this episode. The way I remember it, Becky, is uh you came to me after hearing uh another recent episode of a disappearance that uh i covered of patsy clark remember i, I think that's how it happened then you emailed that is her correct after the, is that right that is correct right so you know yeah, dave
1: you, you know interviewed mean? her son daughter, her, her son david
0: yeah right so you know dave mm-hmm.
1: i do know oh, dave
0: yeah neat okay very good now i realize um you know the disappearance uh location we're using is picola oklahoma is that how you pronounce it picola that is correct all right but but there is an arkansas angle to this as well correct
1: that is correct
0: okay we're We're on the border right okay so we'll get into that a little bit later so if anybody's thinking well patsy clark disappeared in arkansas we know dave does a lot in arkansas why is this in oklahoma well it's kind of uh all a mixture in, in this particular disappearance okay it's just so everybody understands that correct let's start here uh just talk a little bit about your the general weaver family growing up maybe how many siblings do you have besides ken what can you say about uh, growing up wherever you grew up you know you're uh just the whole being kids together etc
1: we grew up in fort smith arkansas which is uh right on the border of arkansas oklahoma um Both parents lived in the home. Uh, We lost my dad in 1975 when Kenny was 12. I have another brother who's the middle child. He was 14. I was almost 17. Um, We used to spend a lot of time at the lakes. Both of my brothers are fish. I mean, they live in the water. They fish all the time, swim all the time, always have. Um, Kenny was happiest in the water, He, you know, at the water. So all of our vacations, all of our weekends were spent camping, fishing, being out on the boat. Um, And then when dad died, of course, things changed a little because uh, we became a one parent household with one income. Um, We didn't have house notes, but we had everything else, you know, all the other bills. And mom had three children to raise and uh, things did change a little bit. Both the boys started having some problems um, with uh, drugs and um kenny Kenny had a chip on his shoulder after that died. He became very angry. He became um, a little standoffish mm-hmm. that that he wasn't before. Okay. Um, and then he, he disappeared on us, and we've had no contact in almost twenty three years
0: uh if i can ask did it did, did you think this chip in the shoulder and how this affected it uh is it the way that you, if if i may ask is it the way that your father died was it sudden was it was in an accident if i can ask you know what happened
1: it was very sudden he he died of, of a heart attack oh, no. he was 47 years old wow
0: very young
1: so he was young um yeah. it was um unexpected yeah just one sunday morning he was there and then by sunday at noon he was gone
0: Wow. And so, like you said, it affected your uh, two, I guess, two younger brothers um, very negatively. How would you say it affected you? You were 17, a little older. Um, was it different because you're, older. you're a, a girl, a woman, or what do you think?
1: I took on some of the responsibility for my mom. Like, I made sure they got to and from school, um, spent time with them, um, just, you know, anything that I could to to help mom out um yeah. i grew up pretty fast right. <laughs> so right. you know the the teenage years changed for me
0: yeah right of course of course uh did your mother end up uh marrying again did she uh another man eventually in her life he did did and how he did, did that she
1: got a, a new husband mm-hmm. um and he brought four Four children into the marriage. There were he had a son and three daughters, (laughs) so we became a family of seven children. Wow. Um, Not all of us lived at home at at the same time. You know, at that time, but uh, there was three of us who had already moved out. So there were four kids in the home at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, My stepdad was awesome. Um, Was he? Nothing bad to say about him. He the only the only way you could tell whose kids were whose was um, by the way we looked. Yeah. My brothers and I looked like my mom. His kids looked like him, but we were all treated exactly the same.
0: But new being that he was such a good guy, it sounds to me, though, that that, you know, we'll eventually, of course, talk about Ken. Uh, Did it change much of the family dynamics, maybe the trajectory that Ken and your other brother were on being, that you said, after your father died, they kind of went in the wrong direction. Did that change the the trajectory at all, a, a good guy coming into your mother's life or not?
1: Not really. They stayed on the same path um, as they got older and got out on their own. You know, their drug addiction became worse. Okay. Um, you know, but mm-hmm. having Bob, our new stepdad, in the home, it didn't it didn't really change a whole lot there. How did they get along with him? They get along with him fine. Um, they, you know, of course he wasn't dad, and uh, but they they respected him. Um, he respected all of his kids um we always had christmas dinners thanksgiving dinners uh family get-togethers fourth of july everything wow. was always at mom and dad bomb and bob's house uh um, oh. and we would have usually 30 40 people there at a time <laughs> so oh my
0: god wow
1: that's our family get-togethers is 30 wow to
0: 40 how do you keep all those names straight becky
1: <laughs> sometimes wow. you okay. don't just say hey you come here hey you
0: yes hey you okay all right great story uh okay so thank you for that all right so and would you say you know um of course is your other brother still alive
1: my other brother is still alive yes okay
0: and how well you know your relationship with your two younger brothers even though it seems like they maybe went on a little different path than you did how close would you say you were with them as you maybe got into the 1980s and on
1: we were always very close always um now we could fight among ourselves but if anybody from the outside came in on in on that argument then we all three turned on the person coming in so we were always super close okay um and and you know we've been that way most of our lives um okay. my other brother and i we are still real close randy and i are still super close okay thank you all right. Let's just talk now
0: about uh, Ken uh, in particular. Of course, he is the one who is missing. That's why we're talking. And you said that uh, your father's death didn't seem to affect him in the best of ways. Kind of went down the wrong path. Maybe that continued right up until he went missing in 2000. But what can you say about uh, his personality? What kind of interests and things that uh, was he into? We'll get into the addiction here in a bit. But just outside of that, you know, you said already said he liked to go swimming. Did that continue as he got
1: older or what, you know, what else did he do? Oh, yeah. He was a water baby. If he was around the water, he was happy. He could be swimming in the water. He could be hiking around the water. He could be fishing in the water. Uh, fishing was his favorite pastime. Mm. Um, and and both the boys were that way. They, they had a love for water. I was the exact opposite, but they always... <laughs>
0: water. Uh-huh. I'll stay on the boat, you guys. I'll stay on shore, you guys uh, go and do. That's it. right.
1: I'll, I'll guard the boat. You it. guys go do your thing. Okay. All
0: right. Uh, what about, um, you know, personality or maybe we can get into any girlfriends thing, you know, topics such as that? What What, what do you remember?
1: Um, Growing up, he didn't have a lot of girlfriends. He had some, but um, he never brought them around the house, so they were never serious. Um, he was always funny. He always, he was always pulling your leg over something, always telling jokes. Um, but he could be moody as well. It just depended, you know, on what was going on at that time. Uh, and I don't know if it, if it was his drug addiction making him moody, but there were times he was a little on the moody side, but even if he was angry at you and didn't want to talk to you, you still knew he was around. Um, he would, come by and move stuff around the house or tear something up at the house, let you know I'm here and I'm upset. <laughs> uh, he never went away and never had any contact with anybody more than a couple of days. Somebody heard from him every two or three days, at least. There was always a friend would see him or, you know, Randy would see him. Uh, Randy saw him more than I did because after I got married, I moved off and lived away from the state for a long time. Okay. Um but I would still talk to him on the phone and stuff and it, you know, at somebody's house, but he never went away for long periods of time without talking to anybody.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, when he got in, of course, you said he was twelve years old, I think when your father died, of course, then he gets into his Correct. teen years in the nineteen eighties. Um, did he graduate high school? What did he do for work? What about those those topics? What what did he do?
1: He got a GED. He did not graduate high school. Um, he started skipping a lot of school. His last two years of school, actually, the last probably three years of school. He's the truant officer knew my schedule as well as his because he was skipping so much. And okay. mom worked, so they the truant officer would meet me at the house and want to know if Kenny was home. Okay, uh, so he was skipping a lot of school at that time.
0: All right, so he ended up getting eventually his GED. Uh, you know, um, being that your mother eventually met uh, another man, I, I guess they got married. Uh, how mm-hmm. long did, uh, Kenny live at home? Did he move out on his own? Did he live with friends? Did he get his own place? What did he eventually do?
1: I think he lived at home for probably a couple of years with, with, uh, the stepdad in the home. Mm-hmm. Um, they always got along. Um, I never heard of any Great arguments, arguments. You no know, big arguments or fights. Um, but, I, you know, he he lived at He lived with mom uh, right before he disappeared. He had back surgery and stayed with mom for a few months to recover. And he was in the process of moving from her house to an apartment in Oklahoma when he disappeared. OK. And being
0: that you said that you moved away, if we can ask, uh, where did you move to? How far did you move away from Fort Smith, Arkansas? And how long were you gone and when did you come back?
1: We moved from Fort Smith. My husband went to college up in Fayetteville. So we moved up there for about four years. Then we moved to Beaumont, Texas, which was, Mm. uh, Fayetteville was probably 80 miles away. Then we moved to Beaumont, Texas, which was about 400 miles away. Uh, we lived there for five years then moved to Connecticut for another five years. And then we moved to Houston, right outside of Houston for 15 years. So I was gone for a long time. Right. Okay.
0: And how, during that time, how often would you talk to uh, Kenny? Uh, Of course, this would have been before social media. Uh, How long, uh, how often would you talk to him on the phone? Or would you get news from him from like your other brother, your mother? How would you find out what's going on with him?
1: Usually I get news from mom. Um, When I couldn't make it home for holidays, I would always call and the whole family would be there. And of course, the phone got passed around. And Mm -hmm. Kenny was always on the phone, um, catching me up on what was going on. Um, if I flew home for a special event or something, um, he was always there. And I, so I'd get to visit with him then. Um, but to talk, just to talk to him on a phone, because that was before cell phone days. Nobody carried yeah. their phones. With right. Um, and I didn't, I did not know his friends. I did not associate with his friends because I didn't live in that world that he was in. Okay. All right. So um, usually it was through mom or through, you know, the the holidays when he was on the phone at the house.
0: All right. So when you say about his, you didn't really know his friends because they were friends that were kind of mixed up in some of those things uh, that he right. was mixed in and you just kind of distanced yourself. Oh, right. From that. Okay. During those years, uh, you know, into his twenties, uh, what was he doing for money?
1: He did citing. Uh He put sighting on homes. Um, at one time he even had his own crew um, wow. that he, that they went out, you know, and they worked for a major company here in Fort Smith um so he did a lot of sight a lot of sighting he did a few other things but just you know odds and the end jobs but mainly sighting is, is how he made his living okay
0: let's move on now to so we get a little uh flavor for kenny as a person uh and just have to remember that uh, during a lot of this time that becky was uh, of course you have your own life to live it's something that seems like things that comes up quite often in a lot of these disappearances that all these siblings and other people you have your own life to live uh your brother correct. you love him not your responsibility okay you're That's trying correct. to figure out what he ha- happened to him 23 years ago I give you all the credit in the world but when Kenny was still around and you could talk to him on the phone and everything every you know when you want I guess not your responsibility he's a grown man he's going to make his own decisions we just have to always that's correct preface that uh for these kinds of talks his addiction being that we've already mentioned it a couple times uh when did it start do you personally remember the first time you realized something was going on somebody have to tell you what do you remember about it
1: i realized um it was shortly after dad passed away i knew that He was um, smoking marijuana. Mm -hmm. Um, I found a marijuana plant growing in my mom's flower bed.
0: (laughs) Wow. Okay. Camouflaged amongst all the other flowers. Interesting. Nicely done, Kenny. Okay. And the
1: problem was I knew all the cops in town and they would stop by the house. So so I pulled the plant and confronted the boys to find out what was going on (laughs) Uh because I didn't want mom to get in trouble of course not
0: yeah Yeah. okay all right so that was like uh first indicator okay uh once again i realize you were out of the area but other people telling you when do you think maybe we might say that it became a problem
1: probably when he got out on his own it it started getting bad i think
0: Mm -hmm. Um, what kind of drugs are we talking what kind of addiction are we talking about here
1: I know we took pills, a lot of pain pills. Mm. Um, I've heard that he's, that I've been told he did meth, but I've also been told by other friends that he they never saw him do meth. Hmm. Um, He was arrested um, about eight months before he disappeared for uh, marijuana, and he had possession of heroin. Wow. Okay. And he was released the next day, so apparently the heroin, he didn't have a lot of heroin on him. So I don't know if it's personal use. I can't get that information from the police. So I don't know. So uh, let's say just, of course, we have to remember uh, he went
0: missing in the year 2000 on Christmas Day, which, of course, we're going to eventually get into that particular day. Uh, But over the course, let's just say the 1990s, was he in and out of jail due to drugs or is this just something he was a user and just kind of stayed off police radar? How do you remember it?
1: He was a user, and he stayed off the radar. He did not get arrested much. I think there's only two arrests that we know of that he had, mm-hmm. and the one a few months before he disappeared was one of them. Okay. Um, if there were others, I don't know about them. The police have not mentioned them when we've, when, as I've been working on this case. Yeah. They've never been brought up. So apparently there are no, there not aren't any other arrests. Okay
0: uh during this time of course maybe going back into the 1980s going the whole way up until he went missing did you ever talk to him about his addiction did he ever try to get help uh, go to rehab Uh, did any maybe your other brother try to talk
1: to him anybody other family members and what would he say we all tried to get him even my other brother who also had an addiction problem for a while Mm -hmm. we all talked to kenny about getting help um mom tried everything to get some kind of help from him but he was over 18 and yeah. you can't force them when they when they're 18 parents don't have any any jurisdiction over him anymore and they you no. can't force them to do anything right and she called everybody i mean i remember her being on the phone and just bawling because she couldn't get she couldn't get anybody to help her with him and even when he was younger when he was 17 16 you know you still couldn't you couldn't get any help for him
0: Oh, what would he say? Just is just something it's, you know, something I want to do. Or did he d- do as many addicts do? Well, I'm going to get help. I'm going to
1: get help and then
0: never gets any help. I mean, what were, were this? conversations No, he never like? said he
1: was going to get help. Never he, said he never that. said he was okay. going to get help. He just told it was his business that we just needed to leave him alone. Okay. So. All right. But we tried up until, you know, he disappeared because yeah. even when uh, he had the back surgery, you know, mom was still trying to get him to go get help. And he just refused. Let's
0: talk about that right now. I know we have some other things we need to cover on the agenda, but this back issue, what was this? What happened there?
1: he It was his lower spine, and I'm not exactly sure what the surgery was, but I think they went in and fused a disc in the lower spine, probably from all the lifting with the materials and stuff for doing the siding. Okay. Of course, you know, he didn't have insurance because he was self-employed. Yeah. Um, and it just got to the point that he just couldn't do anything at all. Every time he, you know, moved a certain way, he was down with his back. Mm-hmm. So he finally had to have the surgery to be able to to move on.
0: And he was going to have to pay for that surgery himself. Then, I mean that that's very Correct. very Correct. that can be very expensive.
1: Well, he probably and and I don't know this for sure, but I'm assuming he mm-hmm. probably went, went and got Medicaid or something for it. Okay
0: okay so this is not that like a went. this wasn't like a motorcycle accident or something this is no, probably no. work induced because he was not of course an old old uh, guy he was 37 years old when he went missing of course that's 16 right. years younger than i am now so uh this is like uh just work induced right
1: okay
0: yeah right so finally well i mean if you know yeah if you had an addiction doing drugs you know as we a lot of people who have these problems never get any you know they have these physical problems they never get any help so there must have been at least a part of him that was still very aware of his surroundings and everything that hey I have Mm -hmm. to get my really get my back taken care of here you know
1: he wasn't like your typical you know your typical addict like you know a lot of them you can tell because they're just out of it he was never that way he was always functioning um he worked most of the time. And like I said, if he wasn't doing sighting, he was doing odd jobs. Um, so he was always, you know, working, doing he was always active doing something, whether it's fishing, doing his sighting work, whatever. But he was he never was what you would assume an addict to be, you know, what your your stereotypical addict is. Okay. So he uh
0: fairly fairly industrious, not lazy uh no. you know of course we know as many times we've talked about it on unfound with addictions that a lot of these people get to the point where they don't show up for a job they're homeless you know they're scrounging right. around this was not the situation that kenny was in
1: no kenny had never been homeless um he had yeah. always had a place to stay
0: Okay. Well, let's move on to that. Uh, what was he doing? Where was he living? We're going to get into how he was moving, seemingly allegedly, into this new apartment. But what was he doing for a living situation in the late 1990s? Your understanding?
1: Um, he lived with my aunt. Um, he had moved in with my aunt and uncle. Uh, it was my mom's brother. So the aunt was by marriage, and okay. he had an affair with her and lived with her for about 10 years
0: 10 years 10 years would you say that the affair was for most of that time or or what do you know about it
1: as far as I know for most of it yes
0: okay and of (laughs) course this is something that I knew of but I don't know if I knew it was for 10 years I think that's maybe new information um how did did so is this like an, an open family secret or how did this come about how did the uncle feel about it you're gonna to have to tell us, Becky.
1: Yeah, we—I uh, don't even know how we found out about it, but at some point we realized that there was an affair going on. Um, Kenny was never ostracized for the family; neither was she. Um, she was invited to the holiday, you know, uh, dinners and everything else. Um, my uncle was not happy. He moved out of the home. He had a—he—he he was an alcoholic, so their marriage was not a good marriage. They got married when she was very very young. I okay. mean, we're talking yeah. less than 16. Oh. And okay. they they were both alcoholics, uh, and um a very volatile relationship. Probably. And I asked I I'm nosy. I'll ask anything. And I happened to ask who put the move on who. I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm curious. You don't have to answer me. Mm-hmm. And she said that she had put the move on him. Okay. So right. so she ended up to it. He and this is all him.
0: something that was known before he went missing
1: yes okay. yes we all knew about it um quite a way quite quite a few years before he went missing we know okay. he had been split up for a few years when he went missing
0: and uh, so this is uh, an aunt by marriage so this is uh, his uncle's wife but she mm-hmm. was very young when she got married so were kenny and she actually kind of close in age because of that is that like kind of what brought this on or or,
1: or what you know, I really, I, I really don't know why he would be that way with her. I, I just, I never could understand it, mm-hmm. but you know, as long as he was happy, you know, it, we were happy. Okay. Um, did, did
0: she ever get a divorce from the uncle or were they still married they, at the time of Kenny's disappearance or,
1: or what? No, they did. They did get legally divorced. Okay. But Kenny and she never got married.
0: Okay. But did they, they lived together though?
1: They lived together, yes, but they never got married.
0: Okay. I'm probably going to come back to that topic when we talk about how he was going to be moving to this apartment. Uh, but I also have to ask, any any ill will fights between this uncle and Kenny over all of this that you ever heard about anything like that? Threats? And being that we're here to talk about Kenny's disappearance, I have to ask.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I know my uncle wasn't happy. And I think he and kenny had a verbal altercation at one point but that was the only thing i ever heard of there i did hear at one point that her brothers had threatened my brother
0: hmm.
1: over the affair
0: okay why would her brothers threaten uh, uh as we th- we've had this conversation before in a prior you know <laughs> off the record conversation i'm thinking well she's the one that's actually cheating she's the one technically having the affair i realize Kenny's doing what he's doing. And I wouldn't recommend that to anybody either, but the brothers were mad at Kenny that he was having a relationship with her, their
1: sister. Right. And I don't know what story she told the brothers. I mean, you know, I don't know, but right. That's true. Oh
0: yeah. Good point. She might've uh, said, well, he did something to me when it wasn't actually true. Whereas to you, she ended up, yeah, I made the moves on him. Right.
1: And you know, and, and, When you're dealing with these kind of people, you never know if you're getting the truth or just part of the truth. Uh, How
0: how, other, outside of Kenny, how did you get along with this uh, woman, this, uh, the aunt, although technically the wife of your uncle, uh, how did you get along with her outside of that?
1: I got along with her fine. I I never had any problems with her. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: She was always, you know, she and I, we saw each other on holidays or we'd go to grand uh my grandparents had land in Oklahoma and we'd go down there on uh Sundays and um never had any problems okay
0: all right now we're gonna uh we're we're gonna come back to that a little later but I now I'm just going to name some names and we're all all we're gonna do now uh for the listeners is we're just going to give them a little general details about each of these guys just and what you know about them a little bit of their background and we're of course going to talk a lot about them a little later but just in general um what can you give general details regarding this guy bruce who is going to play a key role here later what can you say about him my understanding is this is somebody who knew kenny when they were like little Mm -hmm. kids but what can you say about bruce
1: bruce lived not too far from us when we were children bruce ate dinner at our house more than once. I mean, he was there quite often. Um, Our house tended to be where the neighborhood kids congregated because my parents are big kids and they played, you know, they went and played ball with us or whatever. Um, Bruce was there quite often. Um, He was just part of our childhood. Mm -hmm. Was he, uh,
0: once Kenny started going down this path of drugs, was this something that Bruce did as well, as far as you know, or did they, stay being friends or did that split them up of course we know that they knew each other in 2000 because that's going to come up here in a bit but what is your understanding about when they became teenagers into their 20s as best as you can tell
1: bruce from what i understand also had an addiction problem okay he was he was addicted and i've also heard that he sold don't know that for sure but that's what i've been told
0: okay uh bruce and kenny uh kenny about the same age
1: Kenny actually might be, I think Bruce is closer to my other brother's age. So he might, Kenny might've been a year or so younger than Bruce. Okay. All right. So I'm not exactly sure how Bruce is. Pretty close. So
0: family friend going back to when they were maybe even preteens, you knew him coming over to the house, hanging out, doing whatever you, like you said, maybe going fishing with Kenny, uh, other things. Okay. And they continued to know each other the whole way, whole way up to Kenny's disappearance. Correct. All right. Thank you. Next guy. His name is Roger. And uh, this is the guy who was allegedly going to become uh, Kenny's future roommate. But what do you know about him? How did the what what can you say? How did the two know each other? Uh, Did he also know Bruce? What was the connection between Kenny and Roger?
1: Roger did know Bruce. Um, I've been told that Roger was a friend of Kenny's. Um, they used to take vacations, him and his girl, Roger and his girlfriend and Kenny and my aunt would, well, they went to Mexico for a while. I think some, hmm. like six weeks, um, they took trips to hot Springs. They took trips to Tunica to go gambling. Um, so they were just, you know, you're run the mill friends. Roger also, from what I was told had, uh, drug problems as well. Okay. Um, and so they you know, he's, it's he's part of that same group there, that same core group okay
0: you had said earlier that kenny was into siding maybe we could just put that in the general category of construction were these guys both in that business as well did they work together do you even know any of that
1: i think bruce did some siding i'm not sure about roger i'm not sure what he does for a living
0: okay and i should ask maybe just before we get into this later bruce and roger still alive
1: bruce and roger are still alive yes
0: okay
1: i'm going to talk about one
0: more guy and once again same thing just general details wesley what do you know about him how did uh, uh kenny know him and maybe his connection to those other two guys that uh, we've already uh, discussed
1: wesley was part of that same group he lived in a trailer house uh, i think there was one or two trailer houses between bruce's and wesley's and wesley and his wife lived there bruce was in the trailer house with his mother Hmm. um so they were all part of that same group i don't know how kenny met wesley i think wesley at one point was doing sighting as well wesley left um he was one of the first ones to contact me after i created kenny's facebook page to let me know what he knew
0: okay
1: i mean almost instantly he was in touch with me
0: okay uh, of course, with Bruce, you knew about him before Kenny went missing. And do you ever heard of Roger and Wesley before Kenny went missing? I had not. No. No, these were these were guys uh, that you didn't discover, you didn't find out them. Of course, we know their last names. We're not going to get into last names here, right? Uh, but um, so you didn't find out about uh, Roger and Wesley until after Kenny went missing. Correct. Okay, but it was fairly quickly after Kenny went missing. Correct fairly fairly quickly
1: they were one of the first names that came up yeah
0: okay we'll get into how their names came up later all right uh overall once again reminding everybody that becky has had her own life to live she's not even living in the area where this happened of Pecola, oklahoma but just as far as you can tell we have to remember this disappearance happened on christmas of 2000 how was your family feeling about kenny and you know how his life was going what was your perception of how kenny's life was going toward the second half of the year 2000 what can you say about that time
1: well you know it was just like any other year you know he was still coming to holidays he'd been um, to moms on thanksgiving mm-hmm. um that christmas he was supposed to show up and didn't which sometimes that happened but usually we would hear from him in a day or two to with, you know whatever reason that he hadn't shown up he you know his car broke down or he couldn't get a ride or whatever um that year he just didn't show up um yeah. of course you know they the dinner was still had at mom's uh they still had christmas um we realized that right after the first of the year that no one had heard from kenny and so um uh, Leola called my mother. Or oh, we'll just uh,
0: we'll get into that. I'm sorry. Maybe I misled right. you a little bit on my question. Okay, I'm, I'm just asking you right now. The second half of 2000. If there's anything that was unusual, it seemed maybe that Kenny had taken a turn for the worse regarding his addiction, or you know his relationship with the aunt. Anything that really stopped out. You know, really, Kenny's took you know something. Man, it's really gotten worse over that year. Anything like that?
1: Not that I know of they seemed I mean, uh, you know everything seemed to be going okay um other than you know, him just not showing up that was the that was the first clue that we had that anything really was going on Kenny was was pretty private with his life and like okay. I said he was a functioning uh functioning uh, addict so he he had the back surgery and then uh, was going to move into an apartment. He decided he was healed up well enough he was going to move into the apartment with Roger.
0: Okay. And we have to remember like you said he got this surgery and he was living with
1: your mother. Correct. For and how yes. you know,
0: speaking to your mother about that, maybe at the time or even after the disappearance, how did that go with Kenny suddenly being at her house for a few days in a row? How did that go?
1: Um everything was going well. Um at one point she told him he had to get a job. He couldn't sit around and do nothing. Okay. Um, you know, it's time for you to go back to work. Um, he was trying to get on at a trucking company. Um, I don't know what happened there. He was also in the process of moving into the apartment with Roger. Um, over The apartment was going to be in a little town called Poto, Oklahoma. Okay. Um, and so the plan was for him to move in there. Mom gave him some household items, you know, bedding, uh, pots and pans, um, stuff that, you know, that they would need household items that they would need for the apartment. Um, and everything was, you know, looking good. He was getting back out on his own and, uh, going to try to go back to work. Okay.
0: How long, the way you remember it, how long was he, did he stay at your mother's after the surgery? How long was it?
1: Probably a couple of months or so.
0: Wow. Pretty long. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He Pretty was there. Long. He was there for a while.
0: All right. So do you remember when his? so it was surgery maybe in September then, October?
1: I think i'm thinking it was august or september oh, somewhere right. around in there
0: okay so that maybe is why he gets surgery of course you know back surgery there's some recovery time but at some point if the surgery right. went well then people can kind of get back maybe not to 100 percent, but maybe 90 percent, and that's about the time your mother said hey about time you, you know you go <laughs> do something with your life Right. right. Okay. Right. All right. So he's seeing his mother, I guess, basically every day for those couple months. And so right. that was nice. Um, and of course, she got to see him up close. And there was nothing that your mother said after the fact or after we went missing that, you know, during those two months, man, I really saw some bad stuff. She never said anything like Mm-mm. that.
1: Nothing. Mm-mm. Okay.
0: All right. When was the last time that your family saw or spoke to Kenny? What? what do you, who was that person? And
1: when was it? The last time that I know was Thanksgiving when he was there and the whole family was there. Hmm. Um, his friends, some of his friends, saw him between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, he had talked to mom a few times, and I think at one point he had, like a couple weeks before he uh, before the you know Christmas he had come by mom's, and that's when she gave him the stuff for the apartment. Okay. She had gone through her stuff and found some stuff that they that she could give to him to to take to their apartment to help them out.
0: When he left your mother's house, did he go back to living with the aunt or, or where did he go?
1: No, he was going, he went to that apartment that he was sharing with okay. Uh, Roger.
0: Okay. So that's where he went. So mm-hmm. this wasn't something where he was planning to move in with Roger maybe in, in January of 2001. By the time that he went missing, he was already moved into that place and living with Correct.
1: Roger. Okay. Correct
0: um now i now i'm going to come back to something that i that you brought up earlier why wasn't he living with the ant anymore did they break up or what? Do you have any understanding why didn't they continue to live together that seemed like it would have been worked out for both of them
1: yeah they broke up they've probably been broken up a couple of years oh okay. when he so they were not yeah they've been broken up for okay. a while okay
0: all right so they were not a thing anymore in 2000 <laughs> I guess everything just kind of ran its course, right?
1: Okay. They, for whatever reason, they just went their separate ways. Okay.
0: Let's move up to December. So, I guess what we're also saying, though, is for example, nobody uh, that you know of heard Kenny's voice on, let's say, Christmas Eve or December twenty third, or twenty second, or twenty first. Anybody that you've ever encountered who you trust. Uh, I actually spoke to him on one of those days, you know, really close to this, except the date of December
1: 25th. What can you say about that? Um, Wesley said that he had seen Kenny at Bruce's trailer. Hmm. He and Wesley and his wife let Kenny come in to warm up because it was a very cold day. And the only jacket Kenny had was a jean jacket. Um, They let Kenny come into their apartment, into their trailer house. They were getting ready to go eat. The first time I talked to him, he said it was Christmas Day. The second time he said it might have been Christmas Eve because the restaurant may not have been open on Christmas Day. And at Fort Smith, a lot of things are not open on Christmas Day.
0: Right.
1: So he said that they got Kenny in. Kenny warmed up. They were getting ready to go out. They tried to get Kenny to go with them. And he said, no, just drop me off at an apartment over in Fort Smith. And so that's what they did. They dropped him off at an apartment there uh, of a buddy of theirs. And when they pulled up, there were two guys there from Missouri. And um, Kenny was like, oh, crap. You know, and they were like, well, you know, Roger was like, "I Roger Wesley was like, why don't you just come and go with us? You know, just go ahead and go have lunch with us or dinner with us. And he's like, no, I'll be fine. Just, you know, I'll go on in and uh Wesley offered to go in with him and um Kenny said, nah, it'll be fine. Just just go on. You know, you guys go have a good dinner. And that was the last that we know of that anybody saw Kenny.
0: But we have to preface this is when did Wesley tell you the story? How long after the disappearance did he tell you the story?
1: Oh God, that was twenty eighteen, I believe is when I started the Facebook page. Twenty nineteen
0: all right so 18 years later nineteen years years later he knows that Kenny's missing but he doesn't tell this story to anybody in Kenny's family for 18 years at least correct okay so we just have to we'll come back to that story in a bit (laughs) all right so for December 25th 2000 expecting Kenny to stop by he doesn't stop by but not totally unusual but so when do people start realize you know what something's not right here what happens
1: We get a call from the aunt and she had said that she hadn't heard from Kenny. She wanted to know if any of us had heard from Kenny. And this was like right after the first of the year, a couple of weeks after he should have shown up. Mom was already like, well, you know, he didn't call me after Christmas. Um, So we were already asking around, you know, people that, you know, you talked to Kenny. And finally, it dawned on us, no one had talked to Kenny
0: Hmm. or
1: no one was admitting to having talked to Kenny. So mom started trying to get uh, a missing persons report filed. And she talked to COLA police department. She talked to Fort Smith police department and neither one of them would file a report. And it took us close to, it was October of 20 uh, 2005 that we finally got his missing persons report filed. So almost five. five years
0: almost five years later. And we have to understand that Pecola is in Oklahoma. Fort Smith is in Arkansas. Correct. And what Correct. were what was the reasoning? What you remember? Once again, I realize probably you were not in charge of this. Your mother was or somebody else was. What were they saying uh, to your mother about all this, that they didn't want to take this report?
1: They would first act like they were going to do a report, but then they would tell her after they got all the information. Oh, well, you know, he's an adult. Or uh, Arkansas would say, well, he had, um, he was living in an apartment in Oklahoma. So he's an Oklahoma resident. You got to file over there. Oklahoma said, no, he had an Arkansas driver's license. Arkansas, it's Arkansas's case. Um, and neither one of them would file. And when I took over in 2005, um, my mother will tell you I'm hard headed. So I got Uh, on the phone with the police. I I got hold of the police chief. I just went straight to the top in Fort Smith and explained to him what was going on. And what we had heard a rumor that Kenny had been killed. And um, we talked to them. uh, And that the police chief asked for 48 hours to see if they could come up with anything. And the detective called me back in 36 hours and determined it was foul play and got Cola. He went over to Cola and got them to file the report.
0: Okay. In your mind, uh, what jurisdiction makes more sense, Fort Smith, Arkansas, or Perkola, Oklahoma, for being responsible for this?
1: Well, with the information I was given in 2019 about Kenny being taken into Fort Smith, I would say Fort Smith. Okay. But also the person that gave me the information is part of that group.
0: I don't know if the
1: information I got is 100%
0: okay and all right so this is the reason we have this and once again the apartment though was in Pocola, oklahoma
1: no the apartment was in poto oklahoma
0: but it was in oklahoma all right okay but he was was supposed
1: to have been dropped off at a buddy's house in Pocola, oklahoma
0: okay all right so we have these two different states sounds like we uh has its own police department does this other oklahoma city have its own police department it yeah. does it does yes. and then we have fort smith yes. so we've got three different police departments here nobody wants to take any responsibility and it's something that i've uh called the hot potato i don't want it you take yeah. it i don't want it you take it just throwing it back and <laughs> forth back and forth right okay uh at the time that he went missing of course late 2000 going into 2001 i realized the report was not filed till 2005 but did anybody uh, you know, be able to track down you know um, these guys we've already talked about Roger Wesley Bruce, any of them come forward at that time contacting anybody in your family saying you know we, we haven't seen Kenny for a while. what can you say about that? Just that that just that very small time frame of maybe that month into
1: 2001. No, we did not hear nobody um, none of his friends or anybody contacted us at all.
0: Mm-hmm. All I, right. we didn't
1: hear from any of his friends until way later
0: okay and really what we're saying is even though he kenny and the aunt weren't a couple anymore she was actually the one that finally said you know what i'm the one who hasn't seen kenny in a while
1: correct she's the only one who contacted us
0: all right all right outside of the bio remember once again she was only an aunt right. through marriage uh, the right. only person outside of biological genetic uh related people who really raised an alarm of not being able to find Kenny correct okay and when did she do that again if you can remember within a month or how long oh
1: yeah it was within a month it was like a couple of weeks later okay
0: all right so there was no real investigation on any of this and and um what did go on then between 2001 and 2005. You know when you and your family would get together of course kenny's not there what would all of you talk about you know what were the conversations before it became official that he's missing
1: we all among all of us we all knew something wasn't right um this was not kenny's normal behavior um like i said we if he was mad at you you would know that he was around Uh, But no one had heard anything, nothing. You know, he had never shown up in anybody's place and left a a calling card or anything. I mean, he was just he was just gone. Uh, Mom continued to buy Christmas gifts for him. They were always under the tree. Um, At the end of the day. She would when she thought no one was looking, she would pick them up. And. uh, Yeah. She'd carry him into the bedroom and cry. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah it's very sad. And that
1: was hard on, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of us pretended like we didn't see it because it broke our hearts. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we saw it.
0: Right. How sure, of course, being that he could be out of touch for a while You know, of course, he didn't show up for Christmas on December 25th. Right. But, you know, of course, we're going to get back to the story uh, of Wesley and and everything. But uh, is it very possible that the disappearance date is not December 25th and it's not even December 24th? Is it possible that it could be December 20th, just to throw out a date out there? Is it possible it could have been even several days before that? It could. All right. So you file this report you have all the uh of course these Christmases that come and go you get to October 2005 what um you said that you got involved in 2005 what was it finally where you kind of uh got involved what was the the final straw for you Becky
1: mom had had knee replacement surgery and she was in the hospital right out of surgery um I guess it was, it was the day after her surgery and she was you know still on the drugs from the surgery and Katrina had uh, flooded uh, in New Orleans, Uh, Hurricane Katrina had flooded New Orleans, and I was due to fly back to Texas because I had flown home for her surgery. And my stepdad and I were listening to the news over Katrina and the flooding, and um, she said Kenny could be there and I can't help him. And here she is. She's just out of surgery. She's, you know, she's on all these medications. And I was like, "Okay, this is we're done. So I went to our house and I got her file and photocopied it and took it home to Texas with me. And I sit in the car, um, the next day when I got home, um, I think it was on a, I think it was on a Friday and I sit with my phone charger plugged in and I called city, state, state, county, uh, the FBI. Um, if they told me to call somebody, I called somebody else, whoever they told me to call. So I was on the phone for about eight hours and, um, to try to get, a missing persons report filed, and that's when I finally called the police chief in Fort Smith, and he was the one who uh, was the one that gave me the detective who decided determined it was foul play. Okay.
0: Did you get the impression, maybe not the FBI, but all these other just jurisdictions, that they ever heard of Kenny Weaver before? No. Did not. Didn't seem to you that the name rang a bell at all. No. And regarding the the police chief of Fort Smith, he was like, never heard of him.
1: No, he'd never heard of him.
0: Okay. Regarding this uh, investigator who came, got back to you in 36 hours. Are you um, aware, do you know what this person uh, did in those 36 hours to determine that so quickly after almost five years and within 36 hours, they're making a determination that yes, it was foul play. Do you know what this person did in those hours?
1: He talked to my aunt and then he talked to um, a gentleman. My aunt had, had mentioned to us that she had found a bottle of pills with the guy's name on it and he had given me the name. I oh. gave that name to the detective and the detective had contacted that person and gotten some information from him, and the information they got from him made them determine that it was foul play.
0: That's what they told you.
1: That's what they told me.
0: All right. So this. Uh, so um, am I then to believe that you, you said he did have a pill problem? So Kenny had somebody else's had a pill bottle for somebody else. Correct. All right. And it's not Bruce Roger or Wesley. It's some okay. other guy. It's another guy. All right. And this pill bottle was at the ants?
1: Yeah, she had found it at some point and never mentioned mm-hmm. it until then.
0: Huh. It's curious being that they weren't a couple, like, for a couple years before he went missing, right? Right. So I'm wondering, you know, those I know prescription bottles usually have dates on them. be interesting to know what the date was on that prescription bottle. And
1: Yeah. Like know, if like she's soup. trying I'd to like say...
0: Yeah, I guess where I'm going with this and for the listeners, too, is that let's say they broke up in 1998. Well, what would a pill bottle from 1998 have to do with a disappearance in
1: 2000?
0: You know, right. he might
1: have been over to see her. Who knows? Right,
0: right. and Maybe brought that over. Left Even though they broke something. up, you know? Yeah. All right. So but it seems to the police, this was a viable lead. And this Correct. guy told them something. That led them. Do you know what he specifically said? If you if you know, uh, why don't you tell us?
1: Yes, they said that he the the gentleman said that uh they had someone had told him that mm-hmm. Kenny had been tied up in the back of a pickup truck at the guy Bruce's house. I see. And this guy and, they thought, had- and he thought they'd been taken to Fort Smith. And this guy
0: was just gonna sit on this for the rest of his life without being coming forward about it. Is that what we're here to believe I guess to believe?
1: Well, this guy, from what I have been told, is a very heavy drug addict okay. and um is not all there because of the drugs, okay? You know he's used drugs so much that he's not mentally all there. But apparently he gave them enough good information that they determined that whatever he was saying was reliable.
0: Is he uh, saying that he was actually there when it happened or he just heard this through the grapevine or what?
1: He's saying he was told that. But the detective, when I talked to him, and it wasn't in the detective's report, but the detective seemed to think that he might have been there and seen it himself.
0: Okay. Let's move on then, being that he brought uh, Bruce's name up. Let's just this is the reason we talked about these guys before. Uh, So this is how Bruce's name came up, or did Bruce's name and Wesley's name and Roger's name all come up as possibly being involved well before 2005?
1: Bruce's name had come up as soon as we started trying to figure out what was going on and started getting information. when we in were told in that- 2001,
0: in 2001.
1: Yeah, 2001.
0: Okay. Kenny
1: had been supposedly dropped off at Bruce's trailer by Roger, the roommate. Um, and Wesley confirmed that by saying that, you know, they found Kenny sitting on the front porch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, I found out later that uh, Bruce supposedly was staying with a friend in an area called Fort Coffee which is a few miles from Cola for a week, which is just down the road. So why he was staying there for a week, I don't know, when he had a place already there. But that was the story that we were told. And then, of course, Wesley comes in when he finds Kenny on the front porch where it's really cold, and they bring him in the house to warm up.
0: Right, but we have to remember, Wesley didn't tell this story until 18 years later. Correct. Right. Correct. Okay. So do you remember, um, of course, this other guy didn't mention Bruce till 2005. What was it? in? do you remember in 2001? Do you know, I've realized that you were really on the case at the time. How did his name come up in the first place? Do you, do you even, do you even know how it, how, you do you know, remember that?
1: Well, I think it's because Leola had said something about Kenny, uh, had been over to Bruce's. Okay. And that, that I think that's how Bruce is that's the aunt that's it. her name correct that Leo is right. her name correct
0: all right so she says she's wondering where he is Kenny is she's the one that kind of raised the alarm and then in these conversations and you know you know what I think she he might have been over at Bruce's or something she's the one that right. first came okay now um what did Bruce have to say about all this When asked about well what did he get dropped off at Bruce's what did Bruce have to say about all this
1: of course, Bruce was not questioned until two thousand and five.
0: Okay, but when, um, when he finally was questioned, what do you have to say about finally Kenny's finally disappearance?
1: He said that he didn't that Kenny was never at his house. He didn't know that Kenny was at his house.
0: And the, there's supposed
1: to be a recording, but I haven't heard it. Okay,
0: uh, was he not concerned that Kenny was missing? Did he not realize that the kid that he grew up with, since he knew since he was ten years old, was missing? Uh, no concerns, never contacted your mother anything about this, being that they saw each other all the time. What what's the deal?
1: Yeah. He said he he knew that, you know, that he hadn't seen Kenny in a while, which was unusual. Um he told the police, call the police department, that he was checking with he was checking in with mom every week or so to see if excuse me, if he had um heard anything mm-hmm. or if mom had heard anything from Kenny yet. So I talked to mom and I said, you know, has Bruce been calling you and checking to see if you've heard from Kenny? And she goes, no, I've never gotten a phone call from Bruce. And so she gave, she wrote out a little statement for me to take to the police department that she had not ever heard from Bruce. All right. So
0: Bruce is lying about that. He says he's keeping in contact, wants to know. Your mother says, nope, never talked to Bruce about Kenny's disappearance at all. Correct. All right. And there's a story that, uh, Kenny got dropped off there and Bruce is saying, nope, didn't happen. Correct. I don't I don't know what happened to Kenny. Do you know if Bruce in all these years has ever offered up a theory as to what happened to Kenny?
1: As far as I know, no. Okay. And I do know that after the story came out about, uh, well, supposedly right after Kenny went missing, the truck that Bruce had. No one saw it again.
0: Hmm.
1: The one that Kenny was supposed to have been tied up in the back of.
0: All right. From this other story. Okay.
1: From the other story.
0: And I should have asked you, Kenny did not have his own vehicle?
1: No, he did not. he He had to
0: get rides and things.
1: Yeah. He had gotten rid of his vehicles. I think one was pawned and for whatever reason, and one was given to somebody for some other reason. I don't know, but he did not have a vehicle at that time. Okay all right
0: we've talked about wesley quite a bit we know that he has the story going pulling up and wesley and bruce kind of live next near each other like within a couple Mm -hmm. yards in a a trailer court or something and he said that he pulled up he saw bruce uh saw kenny sitting at bruce bruce i guess might not have been home hey kenny why don't you come inside the problem is this didn't come up until 18 years later for whatever reason um did, uh, Wesley ever offer up any theory? Uh, once again, uh, well, let's me ask you this in 2005. Do you even know if the police ever spoke to Wesley
1: about all of this? Do we know? I was told by the first police chief that they talked to him and the, the, and, and police chief the, the first police chief that I spoke with or dealt with, he told me just, um, probably six or eight months ago that he did not know that Wesley had supposedly driven Kenny to Fort Smith. Um, So we, so Wesley had not told him that Uh, some story about a, uh, a vehicle having picked Kenny up was being told, but he never would tell me who gave him that story. So I don't know who told him that story.
0: All right. But once, uh, so there's that. And then on top of everything else, He really doesn't open up to your family until 18 years later about all of this. And that was when I started this Facebook page.
1: Right. When I started his Facebook page is when uh, I got a hold of Wes or Wesley got a hold of me. Um, I started the Facebook page and then I sit and went through Facebook with every name that was in Kenny's file and sent out friend requests to anybody with that name on Facebook. And Wesley contacted me probably in within 10 minutes.
0: Wow. I mean,
1: he, he, he responded very quickly. Um, like I said, he lives on the East Coast now. He does not live anywhere near us. Um, he was driving and wanted to know if he could call me. And I really didn't want to hand out my personal phone number, but that's the only one I had at the time. So I thought, you know, I can get a new phone number if I need to. So I went ahead and gave him the number and he called and... Um, started talking to me and gave me the story you know, about driving Kenny into Fort Smith and everything. Then um, that was the first time I'd ever heard, heard of that. And then also Roger contacted me through that page as well.
0: All right. We'll get into Roger in a second. Yeah. So Wesley reached out to you fairly quickly. So Very quickly. was Wesley aware that Kenny was still missing in 2018?
1: No, he said he was not aware. He said he knew that it had been a long time since he saw Kenny and he left Within a few, I think he went to j- he went to jail first, <laughs> and hmm. then he moved to the East Coast. I see, and so he was, you know, so he was getting away from that whole situation and moved several states over to get hmm. out of that situation. And he didn't realize that Kenny had never been found or had never been seen.
0: All right, so just for so clear on this, if we're to believe this story, it very well could be that Kenny's telling or uh, Wesley's telling the truth. But it might not have been then. It might have been some other time. Or, you know, we just uh, we have to preface Correct. that with that. So Correct. it very well Correct. could be that he thinks he's telling the truth, and it's not the truth. He just it's been so many years later. Of course, it might be a total lie. But just so we're clear on Correct. this, he sees Kenny at Bruce's, cares about him enough to bring him in, take him somewhere else, never sees him again, and never thinks that's weird. Right. Okay. I know. <laughs> all right. Okay. Now let's move on to Roger. Uh, when did his name come up? Is this uh, did Bruce bring it up? Did Wesley bring it up? We have to remember that it seems that Roger and uh, Kenny were roommates, uh, not for a very long time before right. Kenny went missing. What 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 about Roger? And how did his name come up? And what do you have to say about all this?
1: Roger. I think when I when I found out about Roger was when, you know, when we finally got the report filed and the detective started looking at it um was that, you know, what that uh Roger we knew we knew Roger was the roommate but the detective actually talked to him and Roger said no, I took Kenny to Bruce's. So when the detective, you know, had talked to the roommate to find out, you know, what the story was, what happened, um and then, then we, that's when we found out, uh, who Roger was.
0: Okay. But we have to remember Roger and Kenny, uh, were in this roommate situation. And is there any proof that Roger did anything to try to track down Kenny being that they were supposed to be splitting rent and, and things together? Any proof of that?
1: No, no proof. And we did- never got any of Kenny's belongings back either. Nothing.
0: And in 2005, uh, was Roger ever questioned by police once you got involved or has the police ever questioned Roger since
1: 2005? Supposedly, he was talked to in 2005. And when I did the Facebook and he contacted me, he told me he did not tell them everything in 2005 and wanted me to meet him. Yeah, and wanted me to meet him somewhere.
0: I see. And you didn't go, did you?
1: No, I did not. I was advised by law enforcement and my husband Uh that I'd better not.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) You got a good man there, Becky, that tells you no, honey, you're not going. That's very smart. Oh, is there a reason that he said he just couldn't tell you this, you know, over messenger over the phone or whatever?
1: He never gave me a reason. He just said that he would not text it. He would not talk about it over the phone. He would only tell me face to face.
0: Okay. And what did he do when you declined to do that, to meet him? What, how did he react to that?
1: Um, he was not happy. We had uh, several conversations over Facebook. Um, and they got really ugly, really quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, I finally, after one of his posts, told him that I was going to cease contact with him until he could be civil. And he continued to try to push my buttons to get me to respond back to him. And I have completely ignored him. And he is now off Facebook. And everything's been erased. But yeah I some really nasty
0: play- messages that we're not this is a pg program we're not going to get into right. although you've read <laughs> exactly. some of them and remember you remember uh that i was just oh, like yeah. okay i got it after about yeah, uh, were, 15 they, seconds they getting... i was like okay i got it plenty yeah, <laughs> yeah weirdo yeah. weirdo, bad x-rated stuff yes, okay. yes very, very yeah okay Um, so regarding Roger, is there any proof that he ended up getting another roommate? Did he continue to live in that apartment complex?
1: Do we know anything about any of that? He, well, no, he's not still living at the apartment because he, he has, from what I understand, he lives in a little town outside of Fort Smith, Arkansas. Um, Mm uh, not too far from where my mother lives. Okay. And, um. The police are supposed to go talk to him, but, you know, they haven't done that yet. And I've been waiting over four years for that to happen. See, And I have told them that he said he didn't tell them everything in 2005. Um, Mm -hmm. And the conversation with the police officer was, well, we talked to him in 2005. I'm like, I know that, but in 2019, he says he didn't tell you everything. You need to go back and talk to him. Well, we talked to him in 2005. (laughs) I know that. So It's like, who's on first, third base? It was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. Okay.
0: That's embarrassing. Uh, Regarding, you already talked about Wesley and how he was in jail. What have Bruce and Roger done with their lives since 2000?
1: Roger has, uh, he's supposed to have a job somewhere in the Fort Smith area. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what he does. Um Bruce moved to Reno and was on probation, uh, or I'm sorry, on parole. He wasn't on probation. He was on parole. Uh, and I know he was arrested here in Fort Smith for a while, a, a few years after we moved here um, for buying stuff to make meth with. So I'm assuming that's what he was serving parole for uh was for this you know for his sentencing there and they let him serve it in reno because that's where his family was so even though he was on parole in arkansas they let him serve it in a different state which in i reno, did not nevada. know was a thing
0: reno nevada reno,
1: Nevada. wow Reno, nevada so i did not know you could do that but apparently it's a thing
0: okay all right, so these guys have had run-ins with the law. Anything that you know about any three of them that any have to do with anything violent?
1: Yes. Bruce robbed a he was shot robbing a laundromat, I believe it was. Wow. Um and Roger was shot by his ex-wife for I don't know why. I just know he he told me about the shooting that she had shot him. And Kenny had come up to see him at the hospital.
0: Well, he probably deserved it, knowing that if he talked <laughs> to his uh that woman like he spoke to you. Then he probably deserved it. Of course, we just have yeah. his word on this. You haven't seen any paperwork regarding that.
1: No, but I do have a picture of him laying in a hospital bed.
0: Oh, you do of, of Roger. I okay, okay. Yeah. okay, so maybe that actually <laughs> he sent that out. to me. So okay, all right. All right. So we got these shady guys. I don't, you know, Wesley, it's always going to be a concern when somebody doesn't come forward after 18 years, even if it seems like the person's being helpful. It's like, well, why did you wait this long? Did you not know that Kenny was missing? What's the deal? We have Bruce is the long, you know, friend going back to like when they were in elementary school or something who doesn't seem to be concerned that a friend of his is missing. Right. And then we have uh, Roger, this other guy who, when question says he didn't tell me everything back in 2005 and then he's making weird comments to you and and everything else uh your understanding about the the connection of those three now in 2023 are those two these three guys tight you know for example we don't do theories here but let's say if they were all covering something up are they all still very tight together or or what do you even know
1: as far as i know well like one of them lives in reno One of them lives on the East Coast, and one of them lives in Arkansas. So I wouldn't, unless they're, you know, communicating by phone or whatever.
0: So they're not uh, going on uh, fishing trips and things together, uh, you know, um, haven't like hung out or anything like that over the years to the point where they might form a bond where they keep secrets for each other, scratch each other's back. Well, they make
1: they may find it easier to keep secrets from each other by not being so close.
0: Yeah, maybe. Okay.
1: All right. So we have these three guys,
0: uh, each of them, I think there's all fairly questionable, uh, characters. Yes. You don't realize that somebody, you know, a roommate and it doesn't, you know, doesn't do anything when the person goes missing, it seems, uh, that's always going to catch our attentions no matter the situation. Let's move on to this. I have a listing and delisting of Kenny's disappearance. He's been on and off, uh, I guess, some missing persons list over the years. Why is this?
1: It took us five years to get Kenny listed in NCIC, which is the National Crime Information Center or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, We found out in 2011, I get a call from the detective wanting to know if we had found Kenny. The original detective from Fort Smith. And I said, well, no, if I had, if I would have called you, I said, why? And he said, cause he's not listed as missing any longer. And I was like, "What? you know, what do you mean? And he said, he's been out of the system since 2008 and the only people that can put them in and take them out or are, are the reporting agency. So that would have been Cola, Oklahoma Um, again, and several years after, so I put him, I got him back in, filled out all the paperwork again, got him listed again and he has been removed two more times so i've had to have him listed four times and he's been removed three
0: what is what do you think is happening here what's going on with that
1: it makes me wonder if there's a police officer involved huh. in picola because the only people that can take him out are the people in Pacola. Now I've been told that sometimes they will go through like every 10 years or so and they'll purge their records, but it's been removed three times and he's only been missing 23 years so that the math doesn't add up.
0: All right, so going on and off these lists and uh, anybody you trust in law enforcement that is giving you an explanation for this?
1: No. They just, that's just the explanation is well. We, sometimes we, we purge the records and it's usually about every 10 years Okay, is the answer I get. Okay. But
0: But he he is currently on, I know he's on the Charlie project, which is of course a non-governmental website, but he's on NamUs as well. Correct. He's on NamUs. The federal he is on NamUs.
1: He is on NamUs. Yes. Okay.
0: What about the FBI's involvement in this? Uh, They got involved at some point. When, why, how?
1: Um, When I first tried to get them involved, uh, I was told to find out where, when, how, and why, and they'd look into it. Uh, Several years later, just actually this year, um, Arkansas has a conference for families of missing persons. And at the same time, they have um, an educational program for law enforcement. Um, The COLA Police Department was personally invited by the attorney general's office to show up. And I got the police chief and the investigating officer on my brother's case outside in the hallway to talk while they were on break and we were on break and invited. I asked them if they would talk to an FBI agent who was there and they invited the FBI to help them. So I kind of pushed the issue (laughs) to get Ah. FBI involved because we are on the border. um, You know, we've got that issue of was he taken from Oklahoma and driven into Arkansas? Yeah. You know, being tied up in the back of the truck. Of course, we don't know for sure. You know, you don't know for sure what the true story is. But since we're right there on the border, they're they're willing to help out, they said.
0: Okay. All right. So they're involved now then?
1: Supposedly. I've not seen that they've done anything yet,
0: Okay, <laughs> but it's
1: only been a couple of months right it's now. It's only so, been a couple of
0: months. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So the FBI, uh, but you did tell me, obviously, I have it in the remote, in the outline here, something that uh, they did tell you that they think Kenny was murdered or or, or what? Did, that, did the conversation get that far or, or what?
1: We have had the conversation that they do not believe Kenny is alive um which after 23 years we're pretty sure of anyway
0: I do want to go back to something you mentioned earlier of course this has to do with this guy with the pill bottle and everything the story that he eventually told I'm not sure whether to believe it or not but I need ask is there anything that you've heard about Kenny that would cause anybody to want him to be tied up and Anything like that, you know, I have to admit, it doesn't seem like uh, he seems like the kind of guy that would have ticked anybody off to the point of being tied up. But any insight
1: into that? We were told that Kenny owed a small debt to a drug dealer. Mm -hmm. And I was told, and this was by the first detective in Fort Smith, and he said it was a small debt. Okay. And that's the only explanation that they could come up with that that would happen.
0: And this this is not Bruce, this is not Wesley, this is not Roger. Could it be one of those people that was at this apartment complex where Wesley allegedly dropped him off? Or are we talking like totally somebody different now? What do you know?
1: It could have been the people that where Kenny was at when he was dropped off. Okay. All
0: right. So maybe there's something there, but... As we know, uh, people who, uh, are murdered can't pay debts back. Right. So it's usually not a good to way do, to do
1: business. All they had to do was, you know, Kenny could have contacted myself or Randy or even mom. And if it wasn't much, we would've given him the money. Right. You all know, right, so. if he needed a, if he could have said, you know, come and said, Hey, I need a hundred dollars for, uh, you know, for groceries, we'd, have, you know, we'd have given him the money. It wouldn't, if, if it was a small debt Yeah. now, you know, what do you consider small you know if he come and ask for 500 dollars, would ask more questions right
0: right just depends we just okay. don't you know we just don't know what small means uh Correct. No, i don't know if i'm supposed to believe that story or not it's all through the grapevine and and everything else so okay just wondered if yeah. uh he had yeah. rubbed the person the wrong way it just doesn't sound like it at least not what we know 23 years later to move on to this, right. I don't know if this has anything to do with the disappearance or not, but being that it was such a crazy story, I thought we might include it. <laughs> there were some brothers and you ended up talking to a sheriff in the process of trying to figure out what talk, talking to Kenny that the sheriff claimed that he got into a shootout with these guys and then never did anything about it. How did this all happen? What what's the what's the circumstances?
1: There are two brothers that live outside of Pecola in that little area of Fort Coffee, oh. and their names are Michael, uh, Michael and Charlie. I won't tell you their last names. Everybody in that yes. area probably knows them.
0: That's pretty funny. Um, I, have a brother was, name, I have a brother named Michael and a nephew named Charlie. So that's pretty funny. Okay. Please continue. Yeah.
1: So the supposedly the police chief in Picola got into a shootout with, I believe it was Charlie and they are suspect they are suspects in several cases of uh, of harm. I don't know if persons were murdered or just you know injured, but there's several cases where they're suspects and nobody will testify against them is what they're saying. and of course, my question was well, if they're in a shootout with a police officer, they don't have to have anybody to testify against that's them. right.
0: But this but police I mean, chief
1: said he said he was in a shootout with them. That's what he told he was you. In the, he was in the shootout with them. But did not arrest them. Did not arrest them. When did this, allegedly?
0: They, when was this conversation? When did you have this conversation with this
1: guy? This was, this was back probably in 20, in 2006, maybe 2007. Wow, so, wow a while um, ago, 16 years ago. But I have been told by two police departments that if they go to talk to these brothers, they take SWAT with them because they're that bad. And I'm thinking if they're that bad, why are they not in jail? But they are now, but back then they right. weren't, but they both, they're both doing time in, in jail now.
0: As I said at the time, when you told me this story, would they, they had to shootout? out what everybody just ran out of bullets
1: and went home. Uh, you know. know, you see, you think like I do. That was my question. It's like, What do you do? Just say, "Okay, I'm done. I'm going home now." I don't know. You know,
0: yeah. I, I mean, I I would admit within the next month, I'm going to be covering another disappearance from Oklahoma, where there was this crooked sheriff, and certainly some things could have gone on there. But this story is even crazier. That's is even crazier than what seemed might have happened in this other disappearance. So I'm not. I'm real. What, uh, what was what was the reputation of the sheriff to 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 even say something like that? Did he have a a bsing reputation or what? Do you even know?
1: No, Mm-mm. he seems to be a straight sheriff. And
0: so, these wow. guys, though, they eventually did go to jail. Though you told me they they went to jail. It, it, at least. All right, so somebody ended went up.
1: to jail first, and he's I think he's not supposed to get out to like twenty forty something. And Charlie was just. Uh, arrested by the U.S. Marshals. I think it was either in December of 21 or December of 22. I think it was in 21 that he got arrested. And he's looking at probably life.
0: Were they, uh, did their names pop up in Kenny's disappearance?
1: Yes. Kenny knows both of them.
0: They knew both of them.
1: He knew both of them.
0: And so these other guys, uh, Roger, Wesley, Bruce knew these guys as well. of them my understanding is yes okay uh all right so that's how their name came up way back when and in the course of talking about them this the sheriff told this story right (laughs) okay you uh oklahomans never know what to expect at the heartland (laughs) of the united states
1: and some yep. stories I've heard
0: coming out of that uh, state within even just today I was a uh, earlier a uh, conversation I had earlier today like you said regarding this other disappearance that we will surely eventually cover for the podcast. I don't know what's going on in that state, but I'm glad I've only just <laughs> driven through it and I've not stopped. That's all I can say. that's
1: right okay. Be um, very careful
0: right okay <laughs> uh you know explain the last 23 years. Uh, Becky, of course, your mom kind of you know started this all off, and you've mm-hmm. kind of taken it over. Um, you know, being uh-huh. that we, you know, that we have to just be clear, we're not even sure that the disappearance date is Christmas Day. I'm very open to the idea that it might have been, you know, at least a few days before that. Given that Kenny was in and out of communication all the time, but I got to right. imagine this puts a damper on Christmas every year. I mean, how do you handle that? Uh, of course, there, you know, it's been 23 years. You have family members who weren't even born at that time. You right. know, how do you handle all
1: that now? We we still get together. Um, mom does mom's 88 now. Um, so, uh, you know, so she's elderly. That's why I take care of all this. There's yeah. things mama doesn't need to hear that yeah. go on in his case. Um, we still get together at a sister in law's house. Um, we try to keep Christmas as normal as we can for the, for the kids. Yeah. Know, Cause you know, there's a lot of uh, great nieces and nephews that Kenny never met. Um, the one, you know, we he's even got nieces and nephews that he's never met. Um, and we just, we try to keep it as normal as we can. Mom doesn't decorate her house anymore. She quit doing that probably 10 or 12 years after he, after he passed. Um, she just, she just, Christmas just wasn't the same. And so yeah. she just quit. Yeah. Um, so she doesn't do, you know, she doesn't decorate anymore. Um, we also lost my stepdad. So, you know, Kenny doesn't know that his stepdad's gone. Um, so Christmas is, you know, it, it, we try to we try to make it as normal as possible because the other kids shouldn't have to suffer. The little kids. No. So we try to make everything happy for them. But we do talk about Kenny. Um, he's brought up every holiday. Uh, we don't ignore the fact that he was there and is gone now. We we do talk about him. Um, some of the kids have seen this picture up at mom's house and asks about him. And, you know, we tell them about what what happened to him and everything. We don't, once they're older, we don't hide the fact that Kenny had a drug problem. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we try to warn them because, you know, what better example do you have of what right. can happen? You right. Know? And so we don't try to hide it from them um because we don't want the same thing to happen we don't i don't know we could if, that we can handle having two of them lost
0: right right
1: um and i have to I, we want to talk
0: about this uh, also uh, of course it's been almost it's gonna be 23 years this december uh but you actually have a search planned for some time soon Uh, How do you decide, even you know, where to start with something like that and who's involved? Then why don't you tell everybody about it now?
1: There is a well uh, uh, that one of the police chiefs wanted to search. And we were going to do the search last week, but the group that was going to do it, um, uh, one of the cameras they needed didn't show up in time. So we were going to do it this weekend, but we have the forecast for thunderstorms, and we've been having, you know, rain off and on, so we're hoping to do it next weekend.
0: Okay, to check out this well. And uh, what is this? Why is this well in contrast to any other well in Oklahoma? What is the significance of it?
1: It's right next to the uh, trailer house where Kenny was supposed to have been dropped off uh, by Bruce and Wesley's wow. trailer houses. So the area that it's at.
0: Okay. And to your knowledge, this area has never been searched. This well has never been searched ever.
1: It's never been searched, and the police, the very first police chief, wanted to search this well, and um, never could get permission. And now we do have permission from the landowner to go on the property and search it. So the per uh, property owner back then wouldn't allow it. No, the first property owner would not allow it. And this, the new property owner has given written permission for them to search. Okay. Is it,
0: uh, do you know anything's, uh, the physical characteristics, how deep it is, or, or, or is this like an oil well, or what, what are we talking here? It's a,
1: it's like a water well, Okay. there might've been a homestead there at some time or something that they had a, you know, a well.
0: Right. Okay. So we're not sure how deep it is or. Um, but I guess it's big seen. enough around that you could fit uh, an adult body. Yes. 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 Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I hope you will keep me uh, posted uh, on that. I will, I will uh, let you know. Yeah, this uh you know, we're doing this interview on October 27th. I'm planning for this to come out next Friday, which would be November 3rd. And you're saying the search is going to be like, you know, the 4th or 5th or something like that.
1: Uh, yes.
0: Not this, not like this weekend, the uh, 28th right. and 29th, but a week from tomorrow right. or something like that.
1: Yeah, we're, yeah, we're hoping that it's going to be not this, yeah. not this come weekend, but the next weekend. Yeah. Okay. um And I looked at the forecast. It's supposed to be sunny. I mean, if you want to hold off for a week, maybe we'll have some information from the search. I'm hoping.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'll think about that. Okay. Yeah, but we I mean, got, you know,
1: you know you know, uh, but
0: for a search to be done twenty three years after a disappearance, uh, that's significant. That doesn't happen
1: too much, for right. sure. And there may, and, you know, we may. And I, like I told the, the the group that's searching, I said, you know, I'll be able because at first they weren't going to let me be on site. Um, I, but there's a little graveyard not too far from where this well is that I was going to sit at. And I said, and she goes, well, you're not going to be able to see anything. I said, it doesn't matter because I will know if you find anything because the coroner van will go past. That cemetery oh. to get to where you're at, right? And if the coroner shows up, you know they found human remains. Yeah. Um, so, you know, um, it, it's one of those situations. Do you hope that they find something? I don't know. Or do you hope that they don't find anything?
0: I know. That's it's a very confusing thing. I have no. <laughs> I have no answers to give you on that. I've been doing this over <laughs> seven years. I don't have any answers. I know it's very bittersweet. You know, you you want to find yeah, something, you don't want to find something. I you know, I just I, I don't Yeah,
1: that. it's it's one of those situations it's like, God, you know, I don't know what to pray for. Either we find him or we don't, and the nightmare continues. Yeah. But you know, any and and I even told the girl doing the search, if they find something and it doesn't turn out to be Kenny, at least somebody's gonna get an answer. Some family is going to get an answer to where their other, you know, to where their loved ones at, because this nightmare is something that no one should ever have to go through.
0: Yes. Yeah. Especially with all the ambiguity of it, you know, yeah. and, and also and, on top of that, the suspicion that I'm not sure there was foul play, but it certainly could be believed somebody covered something up. Right. You know, you know because You is, know, we don't
1: really, we don't know what happened. Yeah. You know, was he murdered? Did he have an overdose? We don't know. Yeah. But we just, you know, we just want to bring him home. Wherever he's at, we just want to bring him home so that we know where he's at. The not knowing part is the hardest part. Yeah. So we're just hoping that someday we we find him and can bring him home and uh have some peace of knowing that he's found and and he's got a resting place and we know where he's at and we can quit worrying about him.
0: Do you have a Facebook page, website, anything like that set up for Kenny? If so, why don't you give it to the listeners right now?
1: His Facebook page is missing Kenneth Ray Weaver. And we can be reached through that. I also have a personal email. It's missing Kenneth, uh, missing Kenneth Ray Weaver at gmail.com. I'm the only one who has access to that email account. If you know anything or you know anything that you know of that had, look, Kenny was doing in that time frame in, in 2000, just let us know. What Whatever little tidbit of information you've got might be that one piece we need to put everything together. And so you contact me through Facebook, contact me through the, the gmail account, and, uh, and, and I can get it to the cops without bringing your name up. Just, just get us that piece of information that we're looking for. And I should
0: state something and looking at his name, it's, uh, you know, some people have R-A-Y-E. It's Kenneth Ray, R-A-Y Weaver. Correct. Or just R-A-Y. All right. So missing Kenneth Ray Weaver at
1: gmail.com.
0: Okay. So everybody missing Kenneth Ray Weaver at gmail.com. And why don't you give the Facebook page out
1: one more time? Please. Okay. It's missing Kenneth Ray Weaver. And again, I'm, I have, I'm the only one who who gets the private messages. I'm the only one who sees them. So, um, you know, just anything that you've got any, any, like any interaction you've had with Kenny in 2000 or even before just anything that you can think of that, you know, about Kenny, just let me know. Cause it might be that one piece that we need that'll tie everything together for us. And we would greatly appreciate it.
0: Becky, any final words before we complete this interview? Uh,
1: Nope. I think we're good. Thank you. Okay. I appreciate it, Ed.
0: And I appreciate you being on this episode of Unfound.
1: Okay. Thank you. We'll talk to you later.
0: You're welcome. See ya. And that was my October 27th, 2023 interview with Becky Carroll, sister of Kenny Weaver. I thank her and her cat Rufus for appearing on both audio and video for this episode. So, let's get right to this. Why do we hear so much about police departments not wanting to do the paperwork for disappearances? True, I will grant you, for Kenny's disappearance, although we would all like to see a lot more eagerness, just knowing the facts, which aren't many of his case, I think we can rationally understand why trying to figure out which jurisdiction is responsible can be tough. Because, let's admit it, Bruce, Roger, and Wesley are not reliable. I'm not saying they're lying, I'm just saying they aren't reliable. In contrast, as I mentioned in the opening, we featured Eric Alvarado's disappearance a few years ago. Yes, he lived in Texas, but his car was found in Arkansas. His dogs were hit and killed by cars in Arkansas. His shoes were found along the side of the road in Arkansas. Still, Arkansas did its best to say, Hey, he's a Texas citizen, not our responsibility. The gall, right? Yet, we can look at this the other way, too. Julianne Jollet. Remember, she was from Bellevue, Washington, but her purse was found in a hotel in Reno, Nevada. Now, nobody really could truly believe Julianne left her purse there, given the circumstances. Thus, in that situation, Bellevue should have been responsible. So, yes, I admit... There is no truly automatic cookie cutter way from disappearance to disappearance to figure out which jurisdiction should take the responsibility. But what we're talking about isn't necessarily about paperwork and staples and paper clips and ink and questions and driving around and everything else that is all part of an investigation. What we're talking about here is passion. Where is the desire, whether a police department is jurisdictionally responsible or not, to solve these disappearances? People who pass the buck are not passionate about their work. Where is the investigator who says, You know what? It might not technically be our responsibility, but we're going to take it anyway. By way of comparison, Do you think a plumber ever tries to give another plumber a plugged-up sink call? Do you think a construction company passes off a skyscraper to another contractor? Do you think an oral surgeon passes off wisdom teeth removals to other dentists? Of course not. Yes, I know, for all of those above, there is certainly a profit motive. However, what's the law enforcement motto? To protect and serve. And all the people who choose to be the police know that. Yet, does the way police departments take responsibility for disappearances sound like service to you? When there could be a jurisdictional issue? I don't think so. In fact, we might even think they'd rather be serving hot potatoes. If you'd like to hear and read more on this topic, along with my in-depth analysis of Kenny Weaver's disappearance, please go to patreon.com forward slash unfoundpodcast, sign up to partake in the Unfound blog. Until then, I leave the public theorizing up to you. And that's the program. Right now, while you are in your podcast platform, Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, wherever, give Unfound a five-star review, a thumbs up, whatever that platform allows. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Denzel and you've just finished this episode of Unfound.